0: Football today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootballcbsi.com. Here we go!
1: It's time to dominate your fantasy league.
2: Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and he And with the first pick of our 12 team PPR mock draft, it was Saquon Barkley. no surprise. And then Jamie was on the clock with the second pick. Could have had anybody other than Saquon Barkley. Who did he take? Jamie, who did he take?
0: Uh, I don't know. That guy sucked.
2: <laughs> Took Ezekiel Elliott over Alvin Kamara, over Christian McCaffrey. The first six picks were running backs. Welcome to our show here on Friday, April 12th. I'm Adam Azer with Dave Richard and Jamie Eisenberg.
0: Hi. Happy Friday, guys. Hi. Okay. Two more days, buddy. Two more days. Yeah, Game of Thrones. All right. Fun. I
1: can't wait um, to hear Jamie and Adam talk about Game of Thrones, and I have
0: no idea what they mean. There, there's a there's a fun debate I've heard and and read. Um, given that HBO is free this weekend, yeah. and that um, at least I believe it's free. Uh, I apologize if it's not. And that uh, it is it is considered an event. This show, are you allowed to talk about it on Monday? I know your answer is no. going to say no because you're you're no. very anti uh, anti spoilers. But no,
2: you can't do it. I, I I thought you were going to say is it going to have more more views than the Masters?
0: Um, no, because CBS is awesome.
2: <laughs> exactly, good answer. Okay, let's. Uh, no, you can't. You can't spoil it. What do you think, Jamie? Real quick.
0: I I think you know the the answer that I've seen the most is yes because it's it's one of those things that are it's it's so it, it's like a sporting event. Now you can't do it. I'm I, I'm I'm not going to, but I, I I don't have a problem if people do. In fact,
2: really, anytime there's a big sporting event and you want to talk to somebody about it, you should ask that person. Hey, have you seen the game well, or did I, I you DVR? I think it's more it? like
0: like our our medium. I know, I'm just kidding, and, and like radio stuff.
2: You talked over my joke. It was really funny. So, um, it was a 12 team PPR draft that we did. This will be the first of two parts where we recap yesterday's draft. Fifteen rounds, again, PPR, one quarterback, six point per passing touchdown. Two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, a flex, a kicker, and a DST. Again, the first six picks were running backs. Did that surprise you guys?
1: No, I, I think you'll see that in most drafts. Okay, those... You'll definitely see five running backs in the first six picks.
2: Yeah, I was, I guess, a little surprised that Gurley went sixth. I thought he might fall a little farther. It was Barkley, Zeke, Kamara, McCaffrey, Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley, and then some wide receivers came off the board. And as I was looking at this, I thought, you know, wow, Antonio Brown, Keenan Allen, A.J. Green, Mike Evans. Those were the first four picks of round three, 25, 6, 7, and 8 overall. And I thought, man, there must be some terrible picks but, no, not really. I think I have identified, like, I think 27 picks that personally I feel great about as any of my first two or three picks. Uh, I don't know if you guys felt—like, I, I can't sit here and say there were only two picks I thought that were bad. Uh Patrick Mahomes and Tariq Cohen in the first two rounds. And other than that, like, I don't see—like, it. Like, the fact that Allen, Brown, Green, and Evans were all available in round three, it's actually going to happen in some drafts.
0: Devonte Adams going around two is a travesty. Uh,
2: yeah, too early. Uh, too late. Too late. Too late.
0: <laughs> yes, that's the one that we got the most uh, critiques over when I was doing the That's the one, really. Oh, for sure.
1: Not Mahomes going at fifteen.
0: No, because I think the you're going to see. I, I I believe his average opposition will be round one by the time we get to. Oh no. Uh, drafts. I mean, maybe you it's... say no, no, like oh no, it shouldn't be that way. Oh no, I agree with you. It's funny because. Uh, I did, I did round one of Sleepers, Breakouts, and busts, And I have Mahomes as a bust simply because of that fact that I believe he's going to be drafted in the first round. Um, I I mean, he's, he's ranked number one. I don't think that anybody's going to argue where he's, uh, where he's positioned in most people's rankings. Um, and the Kansas City star, uh, picked up my story and said, (laughs) CBS writer calls Mahomes a bust. No way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Uh, but I very clearly state in there that he's, he's my number one guy. You're just going to have to deal with the, the lack of production or the regression, uh, of his production. But, uh, it, it's simply based on the fact that he's going to go as he did here in the first 15 picks.
1: So who did you see get
0: taken ahead of Devonta Adams who you would have? Well, he's number, he's number two for me in PPR. He's number one for me in non-PPR. So, uh, after DeAndre Hopkins, all the receivers who went, which were Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, and Juju Smith Schuster in the first round. Um, I think you could probably have a safe argument with, uh, all three of those guys, I think the one that jumps off to most people, which is the one that we got, again, the most critiques over was, uh, Juju in round one. And unfortunately, Heath is not here to defend it. Heath is the one who took Juju Smith Schuster at 12.
2: Yeah. And then he took Joe Mixon at 13 and then Devontae Adams went. You know, it would have been even better if Kansas, if the Kansas City star had been like, CBS writer Heath Cummings says that Patrick Mahomes is a bust
0: just to ruin Heath's Name CBS writer and hometown. Kansas City native. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it really came at an interesting time because if you recall on our last podcast, uh, we were talking about Josh Allen versus um, Mahomes in the throwing competition. And I said that uh, they should do it someplace other yeah. than Kansas City. Right. <laughs> so I apologize again to Kansas City.
2: No, oh, you, you hate Kansas City. I don't know why. They have terrific barbecue, Jamie. Uh, okay, so... We'll get into, uh, I don't know, first four or five rounds, something like that, and we'll we'll break it all down for you and then probably talk more about the late-round picks. I, I hope – you know what I'd like to do on Monday is I'd like to get at least one person who's not us or Heath that drafted with us on the show to talk about their team. So I'll let you guys figure out the best –
0: We can do oh, that right I, I, now if you want. There's yeah. a bunch of people now, outside. Your, uh, your, your favorite studio. person can do it. Who, Coca? Matthew Coca.
2: Coca. All right. Well, Does Coca have a good team? Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham with his first two picks. Aaron, oh, you had my favorite pick in the draft. So let's get into that right now. Um well what was your PPR strategy? And uh, uh, go ahead, take it away. I had quite a predicament with my fifth pick that I think is an interesting PPR discussion, but what uh, what was the strategy that you took into this one? I didn't have that big
1: of a strategy because it's April and this is the time when we form strategies. Not necessarily go into a draft with a strategy. I just knew that I wanted to wait to get a quarterback, and that I wasn't. I, I was interested in getting a tight end at a good value, but if I I wasn't going to force the issue, I wasn't going to reach for a tight end. Those were the only two strategies I had.
2: Okay, I do think something that you said. On a previous show, Dave, held true. And it's almost like your draft strategy is probably going to depend on your tight end strategy. Yes. Yeah. I
1: think that it, I think it's going to come down to that because there's enough at running. When's the last time we were able to say this? There's enough at running back and enough at wide receiver to, to make you feel good through the first four rounds at least. It might even be five when it comes to running backs. And quarterbacks, you know that that position runs deep. Tight end is the most shallow position this year by far. So getting one of those stud tight ends I think is going to make you feel good, but you have to do it at a point where you're not reaching for one.
2: I was about to say something, but now that I think about it, it might be completely wrong. But I'm going to say it anyway, and then we're going to decide if it's wrong. Because I made a decision to draft Hunter Henry. Uh, let me just see where I got him. I think it was around six or seven. You got him seven at seventy sixth overall. I took him over Will Fuller, who was the very next pick. Will Fuller would have been my number three receiver. Hunter Henry is obviously my starting tight end. Um, I also had a flex at that point, so Fuller would have been a bench spot. Um, my thinking was, it's really hard to th- throughout the course of a season. You know, we, we played fantasy for so long. You know, your season doesn't end. After, uh, after your draft, right? Who you pick up off waivers is going to really determine your success. It's, you know, in so many cases. It's much easier to find even running backs, I'd say, or wide receivers that you look at your roster at the end of the year and you say, wow, I can't believe I started Jamal Williams in the fantasy championship and won, you know? Um, wide receivers too. Tight end? I, you know, I was going to say that's a difficult, difficult position to find a star on waivers, but you could argue there were two last year in Ebron and Kittle. Um, but I still think, I still stand by that, which is why I went with Hunter Henry, because I just felt like if we were playing this out, which is unfortunately we're not, because it's the best team I've ever drafted, but if we were playing this out, <laughs> I'd be able to find that number three wide receiver throughout the year, and probably not a tight end that I'm thrilled about starting.
1: No, I get that. And for the record, uh, I don't think Hunter Henry was that bad of a pick in round seven. I have him as a round seven pick. I CPR. would have taken him in the fifth round.
0: Um, I, I Why didn't you? Because I took Evan Ingram in the fourth, um, so I did the same thing, Adam. I, I wanted to, uh, I, I, I wanted to get one of the top four tight ends. Um, I believe I had the chance to. I have to go back and look. I think I could have taken Zach Ertz at some point. No, maybe not. Um, well, you could have in round one. Yeah, so, that's it. He
2: went. He went just before your second pick. He, uh, Ertz went 22nd overall. You were
0: the 20. Like, would you have taken him at 23rd overall, James? No, no. But I, I thought maybe round three. So 26th overall. Yeah, that's where you got Antonio Brown. Um, and Kittle was already gone too, right?
1: No, Kittle was no. still on the board. Yeah, I think that's what that's, what
0: that's what it was. It was Kittle. Um, but I I I'm gonna avoid Antonio Brown in most situations. Uh, the fact that he was there in round three, I did it really mostly for the talking point. Um. But uh, I probably would have taken Kittle in that spot. Okay. And then getting Ingram in the fourth round to me was 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 good value.
2: Yeah, it's just now in retrospect you see this play out. Maybe, maybe you'd wait for Hunter Henry. Uh, When did Ebron go? Ebron went in round seven. Hunter Henry, Ebron and Henry went in round seven. I don't know if we can expect that, but perhaps they're better. I think when Henry's
0: healthy, he's going at the latest round six, and I think you'll see round five.
2: Okay, so, Jamie, did you have any other
0: strategy you wanted to talk about? or No, I just got the, the, the one um, thing that I think I'm going to try and do a little bit more is basically what you said, and it's don't overlook your starters just to get depth at certain positions. Because uh, it came to a point in, this, in the sixth round where Deshaun Watson was still there. I had already taken tight end. I don't usually like to take tight end and, and quarterback. Uh, within the first seven rounds, eight rounds or so. Um, but I just didn't love anything on the board. So I was like, okay, where's the biggest difference maker I could find? And it was Deshaun Watson. It so,
1: wasn't because there were two quarterbacks picked in front of you? Not and you just saw that position no. sort
0: of snap up? And no, you wanted I, would to never, grab a I would never, ever do that, nor would anybody should. Um, it was just, you know, I, I I had an idea of when I wanted to take uh, one of the rookies. I was the first one to take Josh Jacobs. Um, that was a spot I would have considered at all. So I ended up getting him around seven. Um but uh, when when I just got to that point in the draft, I was like, you know, he's going to play every week for me if he's healthy. Uh, Obviously, you heard Heath's argument if you listened to the show the other day. He could be the number one quarterback. I don't necessarily agree, but I think he's the top five guy. He was the number six quarterback last year. And uh, there's just a lot to like about Deshaun Watson. So it was um, get the guy who's going to start for me as opposed to a guy who I can probably find a backup running back or backup receiver on waivers if you know need be because of injury. And the other point I would have,
1: brought up to you is that you picked with the second to last pick in round six, so you were up pretty early, and the guy picking in between you had two picks, obviously, because it's the back to back picks. He didn't have a quarterback. If you felt the same way about Deshaun Watson and Matt Ryan, you could have easily waited to take a quarterback in round seven, and then you probably would have just gotten Jacobs in round six, knowing you because I know how much you like him. But I, I like that you didn't do that. You clearly like Watson better than Matt Ryan and you took him when you did in round six and you still got Jacobs in round seven.
2: Cool. Uh, I, so my strategy predicament, I would say, my PPR predicament was my fifth pick. So I, I started with Christian McCaffrey one, uh, so I had the fourth overall pick. Christian McCaffrey, T.Y. Hilton in round two, Mike Evans in round three. I was very happy with that. And then I took Devontae Freeman, and let me see how long it took me to make that pick. Uh, three seconds. I was very excited about that pick. <laughs> And then round four, I was debating between Mark Ingram and Devontae Freeman there, and I took Freeman in round four, and then, what, eight picks later? Uh, seven picks later, I took Mark Ingram in round five. He was still there. So um, my question is, that gives me a starting lineup with Mark Ingram as my flex. And my running backs are McCaffrey, Freeman, and Ingram. My wide receivers are are Hilton and Evans. Do I have enough catches in PPR? You know, like, should I have taken instead of Mark Ingram? Should I have taken a wide receiver? Unfortunately, the wide receiver, the next wide receivers off the board were Robbie Anderson, um, Mike Williams, Tyler Boyd, you know, no certainties there. So do I have enough catches? Should I have not have taken Mark Ingram as my flex in round five in, in this format?
0: Well, I think it's also you have, with Freeman, the uncertainty of how healthy is he and how healthy will he be based on the last two years. So it's almost like not only if you worry about your flex, but I almost looked at Ingram as kind of like a swing player for you, where he may have to end up being you know, in a starting lineup for you no matter what, regardless, if Freeman doesn't come back to health. I know that's not something that most people will look at it that way, but um, I mean, Ingram's a wild card because he can be a 50-cash guy. He's been that before. He could, I don't think anyone's catching fifty passes on that
2: offense. <laughs>
0: but if uh, anyone does, it would be a running back. One of the right? tight ends could.
1: Yeah, um, might mean the other one getting hurt. I would have gone with Tyler Boyd. If you're looking for those catches, he carved out a role in the slot. Uh, Zach Taylor's offense is going to be from the Sean McVay tree. That's the Kyle Shanahan tree. That's good for slot receivers. I I, I think Tyler Boyd could be. I, I think he could be just as good as he was last year. Even with AJ Green back for 16, hopefully. And I think the,
2: the three picks that went before Ingram, I probably would have taken all of them ahead of Mark Ingram. Brandon Cooks, James White, and Cooper Cup. Yep. You know? So, mm-hmm. at that point, I think I just said like, look, running back depth is running back depth. This gives me three guys, three guys that I think are gonna be, uh, very involved in Christian McCaffrey, Devontae Freeman, and Mark Ingram. And I, hopefully I can figure out wide receiver later, and because this is an early draft, and you know, I, I always like doing early drafts because since we're podcasting all year round, we seem to have a bit of a leg up on on the other people we're drafting with. I do feel like I got some good wide receiver depth. <clears throat> I like like Doug Baldwin. I got pretty late, and who else? Uh, Geronimo. A, Geronimo Allison, Trae Smith, AJ Brown. So, all right. Anyway. Uh, let's get to the best picks and the worst picks of this draft, and then we'll start breaking down the rounds. Real quick, though, I want to tell you, uh, it is Masters Week, a tradition unlike any other. CBS Sports is where you can get direct streaming access on your phone or computer to live coverage all day for each round of the tournament. Uh, I do say tournament weird. The coolest part is you can choose between four different streams, whether you want to watch the featured groups of the day, follow the field as they come through Amen Corner or Holes 15 and 16, or see top golfers getting ready for their round on the practice range. So I know everybody's been looking forward to Masters Week. Get that green jacket fitted, and it's all free on cbssports.com slash mastersfirstcut. cbssports.com slash mastersfirstcut. While you're there, make sure you check out Kyle Porter, our golf analyst Kyle Porter, on not only his podcast, the First Cut podcast, but also on CBS Sports HQ. So, again, you want to go to cbssports.com slash mastersfirstcut, and you want to watch CBS Sports HQ. Everything is free. CBS Sports HQ is 24 hours, and uh, it's going to be live uh, reporting live from Augusta National all week long. The best picks of this 12-team mock draft. Dave, what were the best picks?
1: We already talked about Devontae Adams going in round two, 14th overall. He is a top 10 player regardless of format. I don't know if he's going to be uh, as – he'll finish as a top two guy because I think the Packers will add somebody in the next two weeks to the receiving core and – It's already pretty deep as it is. Uh, They'll add somebody with a little more talent, but Adams is going to be that number one guy. Getting Aaron Rodgers target is a good move. Getting him in round two is like stealing from the rest of your league. And I'm going back to the Deshaun Jackson well this year, and he went in round 11 in our draft. I love having that guy on the bench. In this Philadelphia offense, they should throw a lot. They want a deep ball threat. He's Definitely capable of doing that for Philadelphia. You're not going to start him every single week, but when you do, it's going to be the same thing that he's been for the last six seasons. Boomer bust, high upside. At least now he's got a quarterback that he should be able to have some chemistry with. So love Deshaun Jackson in round 11. Wish I had taken him.
2: 123rd overall. And we'll transition to Jamie's two best picks. I asked each of you for two best and two worst. And you have a guy that went three picks after Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Hamilton, 126th overall. Uh... So that's uh, Broncos' second year wide receiver, Deshaun Hamilton.
0: Yeah, he was great at the end of last season once Emmanuel Sanders was uh, was lost for the year with the Achilles injury, and who knows how healthy Sanders will be coming into this year. Um you know, we'll see if he uh if he develops a quick rapport with, with Joe Flacco and how Flacco does. Um you know, typically Flacco is is uh is is decent with his outside guys as we saw last year with John Brown. Um but he'll he'll connect with the slot receivers also. And I think Hamilton should be one of the top three receivers for Denver. He could be, you know, a, a, as, as high as their number one most targeted guy, you know, just again, depending on when Sanders does return and how healthy he'll be. But uh, I just think it's great value for, for the way that Hamilton played at the end of last year and what they're talking about him, you know, at both the uh, uh, combine and the owners meetings, whether it was John Elway or Vic Fangio. Um, you know, both expecting big things from the two second-year guys. Uh, I guess you throw Tim Patrick in there also. But um, Sutton and Hamilton, you know, they're expecting them to step up and play in a, in a bigger role. And, uh, and and Hamilton, you know, I think gets overlooked a little bit by what Sutton's pedigree is. But but he was great at the end of last year, and I think he'll be very good this year.
2: So Hamilton, at the end of last year, as Jamie keeps mentioning, his last four games, he had nine or, or eight or more targets, five to seven catches, not a lot of yards, only 7.3 yards per catch. 40 to 49 yards in each game and two touchdowns. That was good for 17, 11, 16, and 9 PPR points. Yeah, it's a little over 13 points.
0: something PPR points per game.
2: Who would you guys have. rather have, Deshaun Jackson or Deshaun Hamilton? I'll take Deshaun.
0: Yeah, I'll take uh, Deshaun <laughs> in, in this format.
2: <laughs> I, I don't know how I didn't realize they basically have the same first name. That was dumb of me. What was the other pick that you highlighted, Jamie, as one of the best?
0: Oh, uh, I think it was Dave's uh, Dante Pettis in round six. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a round five guy and, you know, uh, produces higher than that as well. Um, you know, again, similar uh, toward the end of last season, produced at a very high level. We talked about this a lot so far in this offseason. Um, their receiving core, I think, will have a- another addition to it. But, you know, you look at it, it's George Kittle one, and I think Pettis is clearly two. Um, you know, he, he did a lot of his damage once Pierre Garçon was lost and Marquise Goodwin was dealing with his family situation and injury. Um so we'll see how you know Goodwin back healthy. Uh, they added Jordan Matthews, so we'll see if he plays uh, a role as the slot guy. You know that's where his predominant success has been. But I, I do think that Pettis proved himself, and, and Kyle Shanahan's been saying great things again. You know to reference the combine and and the owners meetings. Um, very high on on Dante Pettis. I think as fantasy owners should be as well.
2: Take a bow, Dave Richard. I'm bowing. Can't you tell? Yeah.
1: The thing that I like about Pettis is that he was great out of the slot last year. So I'm kind of hoping, what I'm assuming is that the 49ers are going to move him all over the place. And that's what they should do. Look for matchups every single week. Get him up against the weakest defensive back that they can find and exploit that matchup. They don't have to keep him in the slot full time. And, And Jordan Matthews can do the same thing. We've seen him play better in the slot than outside of the slot. Let's see if Jordan Matthews even makes the team. And I agree with Jamie. They're going to add another receiver, but at this point it's not going to be an impact receiver that's going to take you know, a a huge percentage of the targets away from Dante Pettis. Loved getting him in round six. Considered taking him in round
2: five. And here's a fun stat about Dante Pettis that's not so predictive, but is fun. He had seven targets three times, and he caught at least one touchdown in all three of those games. So just give the man some targets. And, And
0: one more note. He did all this without Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah,
2: exactly. Uh And I think that in this draft, I mentioned that run, uh, Brandon Cooks, James White, Cooper Cup, right before I took Mark Ingram. You look at just the wide receivers there, Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup. And then I said, Robbie Anderson, Mike Williams, Tyler Boyd, Sammy Watkins, Tyler Lockett, Dante Pettis. Oh, Coca took Tyler Lockett. Good. I can't wait to rip that pick apart. Dante Pettis. Um, I like
0: I like Pettis better than all those guys. Maybe not Cup, but Cup and Cooks. No,
2: after Cup and Cooks, I mean, is what I was gonna say. Mm -hmm. There's a drop off at at wide receiver. You know, some of those guys are gonna be good. There's reasons to like them, but they're not so proven. Um, so that I think you know we're kind of looking at a tier. And yeah, Dante Pettis. Okay, my two favorite picks were Geronimo Allison, 100th overall, fourth pick of round nine. The reason it was one of my favorite picks is because it made Jamie very mad. And it made him think
0: about his rankings. I changed it right, right at that moment. I told you because <laughs> when when you took him, I think I I said a few expletives to you. Yep. Um, and uh, it was right after I took Corey Davis, and I, I think I let the clock run down as as far as it possibly could because I was going back and forth. And I'm like, do I really like Corey Davis better than Geronimo Allison? you know, do I want the, you know, I guess he's the number one receiver for Marcus Mariota, you know, depending with you Walker self. Comparatively to the number two guy for uh, for the Packers, I disagree with Dave. I don't think they're going to add another receiver just after what they did in the draft last year. Um, you know, and, and getting Kumaro back. So I I, I look at Allison uh, and, and what he was uh, through the first four games last year was on an amazing pace over 16 games. Uh, they're excited to have him back, and so uh, I switched my rankings. I moved Allison ahead of Davis. And uh, had we done this draft five minutes <laughs> earlier, <laughs> uh, or made, made got to that point five minutes earlier, I would have taken Allison over Davis.
2: Yeah, and I took Allison in five seconds, so that was an easy pick for me. I was pumped about yeah. that.
0: And, and I believe you even said, because uh, I think we were two picks apart, right? Yep. Fourth? Mm-hmm. You said, uh, I'm so excited to make this pick after, <laughs> yes. after I picked.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was pretty pumped. Uh, yeah, and That I was, was a great pick by you. I was surprised. Well, we'll see. I was surprised Jamie didn't take Geronimo Allison. And,
0: so and, and you even fun. said, you're like, Corey Davis isn't really your type of guy. which yeah. and, and, and as you're saying I'm like, you're 1,000% right. Like, okay. I'm just tired of chasing Corey Davis.
2: I know you so well, Jamie Eisenberg. Um, all right. Am I, my, should, should, should we share how we're going to communicate via text, Melon? Oh, uh, so Dave, Jamie has decided he's only going to communicate via GIF with me. Uh huh. He loves GIFs, man. He just loves them. Uh, so but, what, but let, a certain kind. Yeah. With you. Die Hard and Jerry Maguire, I believe.
0: Mm, those are the only GIFs I'm going to send him.
2: <laughs> so what did I
0: say? Oh, oh God. All you right. So me, you called me effing weird.
2: Well, that, I, I texted Jamie this morning. Jamie and I share a fantasy baseball team and every year it's really good. And this year's no exception. And I said, it's so nice to know that no matter how crappy my fantasy teams are, I will always have, you know, our team name. And he wrote, you could, he gave me the you complete me, (laughs) Jif. And you had me at hello. and then uh then later he gave me the Hans Gruber. <laughs> You're amazing. You figured this out. you figured this all out already. And then show me the money and then Jonathan Lipnicki, the little boy saying, "Do you know the human headways eight pass?" I don't even understand what he's going for here. But <laughs> it's it's entertaining. It's good stuff. Um my uh, my actual favorite pick in the draft was Aaron Jones. And uh that was also to Matthew Koka. So he took him in the eight, it, with the 8th pick of the 3rd round. Look, when Aaron Jones was featured weeks 5 through 11, his 16-game pace was about 1,600 yards and 18 touchdowns. A truly elite running back. Uh He averaged 5.5 yards per carry in that stretch. He was on pace for 50 catches in those seven games. I think he's clearly better than Jamal Williams, and I was debating taking Aaron Jones, and even round two I was thinking about taking Aaron Jones – uh, I went receiver, receiver in rounds two and three, and then Jones went a few picks later, and I just love the pick. I guess Jamal Williams finishing as strong as he did after the Jones injury should give me a little pause. But did that did that pick of Aaron Jones stand out to you? Uh,
0: no, but I see your point. Um, I, I'm a little concerned with Aaron Jones because I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, you know, I I I think when he is the guy. He's fantastic. But Jamal Williams has been good when he's been the guy also. And I wonder if we're going to see, based on what Matt LaFleur said, that we're going to see more of them in a committee situation. Uh, LaFleur talked about how he learned from the Titan situation with Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry and, and kind of getting to the point where one guy was the guy. But I also think you're going to see early in the season a little bit of a – uh, a little more of a committee than what we saw last year when Jones was healthy, because it really didn't. It really did not help the situation for Jamal Williams when Jones was healthy because he wasn't getting touches. But I do think he deserved more touches. Jamal Williams or Aaron Jones? Jamal Williams. I mean, look, Aaron Jones is fantastic, but but I don't think Jamal Williams is a slouch. By the way, we have a little bit of breaking news on, on a very minor scale. Uh, Chris Hogan is signed with the Panthers.
2: Oh, interesting. Hey man, anyone who goes to New England, if he had gone back to New England, he probably would have been fantasy relevant.
0: Hey, eh, late round flyer. No, late round flyer. I just I just did his uh his his outlook for uh, for our magazine and the site and um uh I I appreciate him uh making this uh life decision to help me out before <laughs> I I sent these in and they've been published. Uh however, um yeah, he's been he's been a little hard to trust from a uh, from a fantasy perspective, but he did find a good place to sign for himself because there are targets available in an offense that needs receivers.
2: We'll talk about the worst picks in the draft after we take this quick break on fantasy football today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. The two worst picks from everybody here. Uh, Jamie, you can go first. What were the worst picks?
0: Um, I didn't like the, uh, the Jerick McKinnon pick. I thought that was a little too soon. Um, you know, you look at, uh, I, I think Dave might've taken Tevin Coleman, if I'm not mistaken, uh, mm-hmm. in the same round or around earlier. Uh, I think it's risky for both those guys in the spots that they went. Um, Coleman would be the one that presents at least on paper right now, the most upside. But if they keep all three guys as they have indicated, which seems to be the case and McKinnon's healthy and Matt Breida's healthy, uh, at least on, on, a Friday practice basis. Um, it's going to be a messy backfield that's going to have uh, guys probably cannibalizing each other. So I, I would have probably taken Coleman around later. I would have taken McKinnon probably three rounds later and, uh, and Breda in that same same range. Um, but I, I chose McKinnon as the one to, to point out of the backfield for the, uh, the 49ers just because I think he was the most glaring taking him that soon.
2: All right, so just to give everybody uh, the context here, Coleman went 55th overall. That was the middle of round five. And McKinnon went in the middle of round six, 67th overall. Uh, and Jared Cook, you didn't like Jared Cook, 58th overall, late round five.
0: No, I, I like Hunter Henry much better. If you told me Hunter Henry was that spot, I would be fine with it. Um, even the theory of Hunter Henry, as you have uh, <laughs> uh, labeled him. Um, <laughs> Cook, I think you're, you know, look, it's it's a great spot, obviously. You know, you're playing in an offense that, uh, historically, has featured the tight end when the tight end has been good. This is probably the best guy that they've had since Jimmy Graham has left. Uh, we saw the Kobe Fleener failing, the uh, the Benjamin Watson retool. You know, the first time he was there it was good. The second time last year, as we saw uh, uh, before retirement, not so good. Um, but Cook, I think, is going to be the same type of guy he's been everywhere else he's played. You know, uh, very good four or five weeks, if not amazing, and then mediocre the rest of the way. And I don't think that will change. Um, so. I think he's a number one tight end. You still draft him as a starter. But no way should he go in round five. Uh, Maybe round seven at the earliest. I would take him probably a little later than that. Jared Cook went one
2: spot ahead of O.J. Howard. He went ahead of Eric Ebron and Hunter Henry, who were taken about 15 picks later. Dave, your, uh, the worst picks that you saw uh, were back-to-back. You did not like Isaiah Crowell, 83rd overall, and Jay Ajayi, 84th overall. Those were the last two picks of round seven, Crowell and Ajayi.
1: Especially when you can draft, you could have drafted any other rookie running back not named Josh Jacobs. Instead of going with one of those younger guys, you you went with Jai is not even on a team, and you're taking him in late round seven. It's that that baffled me more than Crowell, who is with the team. He's with the Raiders. I would expect him. I would expect him to get company after drafting. I think the Raiders will take somebody, and by October, Crowell could be a non-factor. I felt like those were two wasted picks in round seven. It just seems kind of obvious to me that neither of these guys are going to be appealing um or be in appealing situations by the time we're drafting.
2: Yeah, would you take Mike Davis over them? Yes. Carlos Hyde over them? Yes. The Sean McCoy? Yes. Okay. Uh And my two worst picks were Andrew Luck, 44th overall in round four. Luck was the second quarterback off the board. I just think that with quarterback, you know, being as deep as it is and in PPR when they obviously don't catch passes and they make up a smaller percentage of your total points, you got to kind of read the room and don't start a run. And not only did you not start a run by taking Andrew Luck like fourth. You you're on an island cuz there were no other quarterbacks that went until 69th overall. He went 44th. So Mahomes went early, 15th or something, then Luck 44th and then you had Rogers, Watson, uh Matt Ryan and who was the other guy? Four in a row went Baker. And Baker Mayfield. Sixty ninth through seventy second overall, yep. something like and that. And it
1: actually went Rogers Mayfield Watson Ryan.
2: Yeah. So so Luck just stands out. I bet the owner who took Andrew Luck probably thought more quarterbacks were gonna go, but that's just, you know. Twenty twenty five picks basically before Rogers and Watson and Mayfield and Ryan. Uh, and then uh, this one's really interesting. What did you think of Tariq Cohen, uh, at the end of round two, 24th overall? He was the number 12 running back in PPR. He was 18th at non-PPR last year. He did that on 170 touches, which was very low. And they don't have Jordan Howard anymore. I did not like the pick. Um, what did you think of Tariq Cohen?
0: I thought it was too soon. Um, and that was another one that was, uh, was interesting with the, the Twitter, um, the, the results I posted on Twitter, and it was kind of split. I was surprised. I thought more people would be critical of it. Um, I'd say it's probably 60-40 critical, but a lot of people going, oh, my God, that's how early I have to take Tari- Tariq Cohen now because of Howard being gone. I don't think you do, um, and, and you sort of illustrated this, that the receivers who went after him, you know, forget about just position, you know, comparing him to other running backs. He went ahead of uh, Brown, Evans, Green, Keenan Allen, you know, all those guys, uh, and, and that should never be the case. I can make a case for him in round three. Uh, uh, I'd ra- rather get him in round four. But if he does get the bump that we hope, you know, again, he had 171, 170 total targets last year. If that goes to 200 and he does get a few more or at least the same type of scoring opportunities, you know, maybe different ways. He had a, you know, a couple of big plays last year. But if he gets those scoring opportunities with Howard not being there and Howard scored nine touchdowns, then he's going to stay in that range and maybe even go up. So, um, it, it, it's not as much of a reach as it probably seems, but it's a reach. So that was Kaiser, who had the first overall
2: pick. He took Saquon Barkley, and then he took Tariq Cohen and Keenan Allen. If he hadn't taken Tariq Cohen there, if he had taken Antonio Brown and Keenan Allen, or any combination of Allen, Brown, A.J. Green, Mike Evans, uh, or even George Kittle, he waits until round, the end of round four, beginning of round five for his swing picks and he takes running backs there instead of Tariq Cohen. He could have any combination of on Johnson, James White, Mark Ingram. Now, obviously every draft's not going to play out that way, but I would ru- much rather start my team with Saquon Barkley, Antonio Brown and Keenan Allen and then Mark Ingram and Karrion Johnson or something like that. Like that would be awesome. Mark Ingram and James White. That would have been, that sure. would be a great start. Uh, so yeah, I didn't really like the Tariq Cohen pick. I think, uh, it's time to get into the draft and let's do it. So first round, we, we told you a lot of it. Barkley, Zeke, Kamara, McCaffrey, Gordon, Gurley. Thoughts?
1: Made the pick easy for me at seven by taking Hopkins. If if that pick at six had been Michael Thomas or Julio Jones, I, I think I'm still taking Hopkins over Gurley at this point. What if that Just,
2: pick what if that pick had been Hopkins?
1: That's a good question. I think I'm taking one of the receivers over Todd Gurley. I'm I don't like what I've heard about the knee. And he might even look fine in the preseason, but knowing that
0: He's not he's playing. He's having problems said, with. Le- Les Need already said he's not playing in the preseason. He may not. We, we may not that see makes him until sense. week one.
1: Do you think he practices and trains? The only
0: camp? the only thing that is a very positive situation for Todd Gurley right now is the one move that they've made is to bring back Malcolm Brown as a restricted free agent. They have not signed anybody else. I don't know if anybody else has visited there. I'm sure they had conversations with C.J. Anderson, who was with them at the end of the season and played with the, with them in the postseason. But the fact that they have not added anybody. With their free agency is a great sign for Gurley. Now, again, the draft is still coming, but I don't know what their pick situation is off the top of my head. I think we talked about this before uh, on a previous show, so I think they have enough picks. Clearly, they need to, you know, go go after another running back, that can. Um, but if it's just Malcolm Brown, who was their guy, let's just, you know, I'll backtrack for a second. Malcolm Brown was their guy before he got hurt, and then Anderson took his job uh, when they placed Malcolm Brown on, on injured reserve to end the season. So they're comfortable with Malcolm Brown. But the fact that there's no splashy free agency move, uh, even of like a Frank Gore variety, you know, just a veteran guy who can provide some stability, uh, it's encouraging for Gurley. But I'm with you. I I would not have taken Gurley sixth. I would not have taken him in the first round. I hope to put him back in the first round by the time we get to training camp, that the reports are good. But right now I am very nervous about Gurley's situation and I'm very nervous about drafting the first round.
1: To be fair, the Rams picked up C.J. Anderson off the street, put him on their team, and suddenly he was good. So they might not even want to spend serious draft capital on a running back when they they can when they know that they can literally go on the on the street find a guy that's been in the league for five years isn't in the best shape and still put him on the field and get him in position to get over 100 yards a game and find the end zone so there might be an undrafted running back that they end up signing sure and they still may like john
0: kelly who they drafted last year yeah and and, and, yeah they've, they've
1: got guys behind them it's just a matter of how much do they put on those other guys plates compared to what Gurley gets in relation to how and, and there, used there are to be there used. are
0: there are veteran guys that have still gone unsigned that that can still make an impact. T.J. Eldon's one, for example, you know who they could bring in and, and fill that same type of role. Uh, so they they're not necessarily done. But I think just the fact that they they're not in an alarming situation of we have to get somebody to fill that quote unquote C.J. Anderson role of veteran running back to take some work off of Gurley. But I, I think that's coming. And they also lost Apple. You know the offensive line is going to the the same, be the same. Um so that that's uh that's an impact as well. Yeah, they've got to fill that offensive lineup before they go and get another running back.
2: The Rams only have one pick in the top 90. Obviously they can trade, but they have the 31st pick. They don't have a second round pick. They have the thirty thirty-first 31st pick of round 3. Um so they have 31 94 99 133 blah blah blah. Um so yeah, I mean, in the 90s, you can certainly see some running backs going in that, in that range of the draft.
1: I bet they trade out a round one.
2: Maybe. Uh, okay. So the rest of round one in this PPR draft, Hopkins seven, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, James Connor, David Johnson, and Juju Smith Schuster. Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, James Connor, David Johnson, and Juju Smith Schuster. Mm. Adam should have been there obviously Yes Um, And then so so Some of the running backs that get pushed around too Are Joe Mixon, Le'Veon Bell And Nick Chubb and Dalvin Cook Should any of them, Mixon, Le'Veon Chubb and Cook have gone ahead of James Conner and or David Johnson
1: I currently have Bell Ahead of Johnson and Conner In that order 12, 13 and 14 In my PPR rankings
0: I think it's fine
2: I say this every year, but the end of round one and the beginning of round two, like the first, the last four picks of round one, the first four picks of round two, are they often feel interchangeable? Just great players, and you have personal preference on uh, the order. Except, don't take Patrick Mahomes there. Uh, so, round two is Mixon, Devonte Adams, Patrick Mahomes, Le'Veon Bell, Odell Beckham. For some reason, that just felt late, even though it's really not that late. But
0: I, I mean, Beckham should be a first-round pick too.
2: But but who shouldn't be a first round pick? Like they can't all be first round picks, you know?
0: Uh I mean for me it's Gurley and Juju. Okay. I'd replace them with Adams and
2: and Beckham. Okay. Uh yeah, Bix and Adams, Mahomes, Bell, Beckham, Nick Chubb. Dave, you took Nick Chubb. Did you take Kareem I, Hunt? I did not. I decided to back
1: up uh Damian Williams, who I took in round three instead.
2: Oh, okay. You feel good about Nick Chubb, 18th overall. Yes, I. I would have had
1: a tough choice if it was. It wouldn't have been that tough. I would have taken Odell Beckham if he had made it to me, but I would have done it knowing that I would be behind at running back going into round three, and I wanted to have that versatility. So I. I, I don't remember who the other receiver was that I was looking at, but it came down to Chubb, and uh, it might have been Tyreek Hill, and I just I couldn't I couldn't go for Tyreek Hill knowing that there's that possible suspension looming. I know that he's got this uh, case from what happened off the field. I don't like that. I think Chubb was a pretty easy pick once Odell did go off the board.
2: Yeah, and Hill had 87 catches last year. He was the number one wide receiver in non-PPR, number five in PPR. Um, After Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook went, and, yeah, that's a – Maybe the most interesting pick of the round. Forget about Patrick Mahomes. We talked about that. We talked about Tariq Cohen. After those two, Dalvin Cook feels like the most interesting pick of round two. He went 19th overall, Dalvin Cook.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, look, he's uh, he, he's got the upside to be fantastic, as we saw when he was healthy last year. Um, healthy, the the start of his rookie campaign before the ACL injury. You've got to worry about the injury concerns. Um, but I do think that the addition of Gary Kubiak with Kevin Stefanski uh the assistant head coach and Kubiak and and the office coordinator and Stefanski. We saw last year the three games where Stefanski was calling plays. Uh, Cook really took a step forward. It was one giant game against Miami, but um yeah, he's, he's a second round pick, for sure.
1: I feel like Kelsey would have been safer. Yeah, that. that
2: Kelsey to me, I mean, I I had I was picking two picks after Dalvin Cook went and I was really hoping to get Travis Kelsey. He went right before me and then I took TY Hilton. Um Kelsey I mean, I don't know if we've talked about this, but if Tyreek Hill is suspended, I think it really helps Travis Kelsey. I know people could make the argument, well, Hill draws coverage, that helps Kelsey.
0: How much better can Kelsey be, though? I, I don't know. If there's no Tyreek Hill? Look, I, I spoke to Andy Reid. I'm doing a story on tight ends for, uh, for a magazine for offseason stuff, Draft Prep. I spoke to Andy Reid at length about... Um, you know, why Kelsey is so special and how much he uses him. And, you know, he said they they try to be so creative with him. Kelsey said the same thing. You know, I said uh, at the Super Bowl, um, why are you, why are there not more of you in terms of, you know, playmaking tight ends that just get featured in an offense? And he said the first thing out of his mouth was Andy Reid. You know, so Reid will be creative in finding ways to get Kelsey open if Tyreek Hill is the reason why he gets some of the coverage that he gets. Um I think the one that it would benefit the most though would be Sammy Watkins. So oh, if you're yeah, looking yeah, for yeah. if you're looking for the the Tyreek Hill replacement, uh it would be, you know, Watkins would be the guy you want to sort of focus on in that regard. I think the whole offense would be hurt if Tyreek Hill Oh 100%. Wasn't on the field but but I mean look I I I, I, I took Tyreek Hill. I'm not drafting now with the idea of him missing time in mock drafts, in real drafts. That's a different story. So I haven't adjusted my rankings uh, as if he's going to miss time until we find out he's going to miss time. Look, it's it's a it's a potentially terrible situation if in fact he did what he did. Um, but this is the world we live in that we have to you know look at the player and not necessarily the person. So for now, I'm not looking at it as uh, as he's going to miss time until we find out he's going to miss time.
2: Okay, so Kelsey went. Then I took T. Y. Hilton. Zach Ertz was taken. Jamie took Tyreek Hill, and Tariq Cohen finished out round two, top 24 picks. Uh, just Looked it up right now. Travis Kelsey scored. If you made him a wide receiver last year, he would have been the number nine wide receiver in PPR. He outscored Mike Evans. Uh, the first four picks of round three are sexy. Keenan Allen. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Brown, AJ Green, Mike Evans. Sexy picks. And then mm. what? No, not sexy. I'm
1: thinking like sexy in a, Grandma wearing a bikini, kind of what? way. What? Because
0: those guys are all kind of older. The fact that you're getting those guys around well, three is amazing. It's Evans, great value, Evans but isn't. I don't know. They're getting a little older,
1: not, just a little.
2: They're evan Okay, not Evans. Let's Green and Brown, maybe. Evans is
0: definitely. In, not old either.
2: In his prime, Alan feels old, but he's not old. Uh,
1: yeah, they all feel old. I've got a decade on all four of them, <laughs> so I'm not one to talk. I look terrible in a bikini. <laughs> So I I I think excellent
2: value is a great way to put it. And then Amari Cooper and George Kittle were the next two picks. How do you feel about that?
1: I just realized that Doodle is now going to make a
0: <laughs> pitcher
1: in a bikini.
0: Uh, uh, Kittle, I Kittle was great. I, I like Kittle ahead of Ertz. So um, I think getting him in round three, I think both those guys are round two picks.
1: I would have been happy to take Kittle at 31st overall. He went right in front of me.
2: And then you took Damian Williams.
0: I did.
1: Interesting. He was my favorite running back left on the board.
2: Yeah, you had Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, Philip Lindsay, Derrick Henry, Sony Michelle. obviously not taking them. So you took Damian Williams to give you Nick Chubb and Damian Williams. And You did back him up with Carlos Hyde. That was a must for me.
1: Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to let this draft continue on. Um, or at least I, I was going to – someone would have to have really reached for Carlos Hyde. But he he immediately went into the, my queue. He was in the top of my queue until I started adding players that I was going to realistically take over him in round four, round five, round six, round seven. But I, had,
2: I knew I had to have Carlos Hyde. And uh, after that, to finish off round three, Julian, oh, Aaron Jones, Julian Edelman, Adam Thielen, Robert Woods, and Leonard Fournette. Uh, yeah, uh, well... Okay, what's your reaction? (laughs) Edelman, Thielen, Robert Woods, Leonard Fournette, the last four picks.
1: I see three very good PPR picks and a running back who I hope doesn't get in trouble with his team for, what what is it, speeding and
2: not having a license or something like that? It doesn't seem that that bad. He was arrested. Fournette was— just the
0: only problem is is that it's it's what the conversation about him was from the team coming off at the end of last year and the perception he has apparently done everything he's been told to do or suggested he would do in terms of his training and getting in shape. He went off to Wyoming to work out with a trainer. Um, this is something that happened in November uh, that he is dealing with now. I think if I understand it correctly, um, it's just something that is a bad look given the, the circumstances, but I don't think he's going to be in trouble. I, I would have taken Fournette over Damian Williams. And,
2: okay, Edelman is, is probably a safe 100-catch guy. I know he scored six touchdowns in 12 games, which was unusual for him, but I think it made sense. They didn't really have anybody else to catch touchdowns. So uh, and, then, and Now they don't for sure. And Now they don't for sure. And then Adam Thielen. You know, I know, Jamie, you pointed out that Thielen's numbers went down at the end of last year, but I also think we should point out he was playing through injury. Uh, should he go ahead of Stefan Diggs?
0: it's 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 fine i, I wouldn't personally because i, I just look at uh, i i think the offense is gonna change a little bit and that's really when his numbers dipped yes he was playing through injury he's a he's as safe as they come based on his production of the last year
2: uh, uh robert woods is that a good pick 30 what is that 35th overall
0: too soon i think it's too soon yeah but again safe
2: safe yeah who would you have taken instead? I got to finish the show on this thought. We'll get to rounds four and beyond, and try to get uh, Matthew Coca or somebody like that on the show on Monday to talk about uh, their teams and what they did. Who would you have taken instead of Robert Woods there?
0: Uh, Diggs, for one, um, Galladay too, mm-hmm. and uh, probably a handful of running backs too. All
2: right, so good stuff. But again, there, he's, you guys. he's 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 safe. Yeah, he had 86 catches last year, only six touchdowns, and I don't know. Got it. Who's going to lead the Rams in receiving touchdowns? Cooper Cup. Next question.
1: What are you doing this weekend? I am hanging out with my son because my wife and daughter went away on a little trip. Oh. So he and I are going to be total sloths for the weekend, which <laughs> is normally what we are every weekend. It's just this weekend the girls aren't around.
2: Okay, great. Then uh, nobody will judge you for being a sloth. Dave, Jamie, thank you so much uh, for joining me today. We'll talk to you all on Monday. We will not recap Game of Thrones, but we will want to.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Alright, that's it for us. Play us out, Dave. Hold on! <whistles>